0: order at 5.02 p.m. clerk can you please take roll call for attendance yes so on the call of the
1: roll uh commissioner Colleen present commissioner Colleen present uh commissioner Lestana. present. commissioner Lostana present uh commissioner uh, Shaw present commissioner Shaw present uh commissioner holman is currently absent uh chair you have quorum
0: thank you um since he's running late should i should, does a motion to excuse him have to be taken
1: um that's your decision
0: um i guess i i can make a motion um, I motion to excuse Commissioner Hillman for today's meeting, or until he um, shows up to the meeting.
2: Commissioner Shaw, second.
0: All right. So Commissioner Colleen motions to, um, oh, uh, motions to excuse C- uh, Commissioner Hillman for today's meeting, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Um. Clerk, can you please call? Oh, is there any discussion? Seeing none, is there any public comment?
1: Um if members of the public would like to speak, uh they can press star three um, if they're calling in or if you're on the WebEx app, you can raise your hand. Um Chair, you have no public comment.
0: Okay, thank you. Um Clerk, can you please call the roll?
1: Yes, on the motion to excuse uh, Commissioner Hillman for today's meeting, uh, Commissioner Colleen? Aye. Commissioner Colleen, aye. Commissioner Lestana? Aye. Commissioner Lestana, aye. Commissioner Shaw? Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. Uh, Commissioner Hillman is absent. Uh, chair, you have three eyes with one absent. The motion passes.
0: All right, um, thank you. Clerk, can you please call item number two?
1: Yes, item number two is communications. The minutes will reflect that the youth commission's uh, transformative justice committee participated in the meeting remotely through video conference to the same extent as those physically present. The commission recognizes that public access to city services is essential and invites public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments or opportunities to speak during public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2498, 829-4525, then pound and then pound again. Or you'll be uh, joining us online through the Webex system. When connected, you will hear meeting discussions, but you'll be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, please dial star 3 to be added to the speaker line. If you've called in or you'll be joining us via Webex, you may also raise your hand in the app. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways, email them to youth commission, at youthcom at sfgov.org if you submit public comment via email it will be forwarded to the commissioners and will be included as part of the official file you may also send your written comments via u.s postal service to the office in city hall at 1 dr carlton b goodlett place room 345 san francisco california 94102 that concludes my communications
0: thank you um can you please call item number
1: three uh yes item number three is approval of the agenda
0: all right, Commissioners, take this time to look over today's agenda, and then when you are ready, um, you can make a motion.
3: Commissioner Shaw, motion to approve today's agenda.
4: Donna second.
0: All right, um, motion to approve today's agenda um, by Commissioner Shaw, seconded by Commissioner Lee Stana. Um, is there any public comment?
1: If members of the public would like to speak and have not done so already, please start. Please press star 3 if you're calling in or raise your hand if you're on the Webex app. Uh, chair, you have no public comment.
0: Thank you. Um, Claire, can you please call the roll?
1: Yes. On the motion to approve today's agenda, Commissioner Colleen? Aye. Commissioner Colleen, aye. Commissioner Lisana. Aye. Commissioner Lisana. aye. Commissioner Shaw? Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. And then Commissioner Hillman is absent. Uh, Chair, you have three ayes and one absent. The motion passes.
0: Thank you. Clerk, can you please call item number four?
1: Yes. um, Item number four is approval of the minutes for the January 9th, 2023 Transformative Justice Committee.
0: All right, Commissioners, take this time to look over these minutes. And once again, when you're ready, um, you can make a motion to approve these minutes.
3: Commissioner Shaw, motion to approve today's minutes. Lestana, second.
0: Thank you. Um, Motion to approve these minutes by Commissioner Shaw, seconded by Commissioner Lestana. Is there any public comments?
1: If members of the public would like to speak and have not done so already, please press star 3 if you're calling in or raise your hand in the WebEx app. Chair, you have no public comment.
0: Thank you. Um, Clerk, can you please call the roll? On
1: the motion to approve the minutes of the January 9, 2023 Transformative Justice Committee, uh, Commissioner Colleen? Aye. Commissioner Colleen, aye. Uh, Commissioner Lasana? Aye. Commissioner Lasana, aye. Uh, Commissioner Shaw? Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. And then Commissioner Hillman is absent. Chair, you have three ayes, one absent. The motion passes.
0: Thank you. Um, Clerk, can you please call item number five?
1: Item number five is a general public comment for matters under the jurisdiction of the Youth Commission's Informative Justice Committee, but not on today's agenda. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this matter should press star three now, or if you're joining us via WebEx, you should raise your hand in the app. Your cue to begin your comments will be you've been unmuted if you've called in, or you will hear two beeps if you join the meeting via WebEx. Uh, chair, you have no speakers.
0: Okay, thank you. Public comment is now closed. Clerk, can you please call item number six?
1: Yes, item number six is Committee Business. A, Human Rights Commission Budget Presentation. B, Team Building Activity. C, TJ-related news. D, Budget and Policy Priorities. And E, Combating Fentanyl Usage Resolution.
0: Thank you. All right, so, Commissioners, we're going to start off with item number 6A, which is a Human Rights Commission Budget Presentation. Um, Thank you to the Human Rights Commission for coming today to give the Youth Commission a presentation on your biennial budget. Um, Please note, Commissioners, that the presentation will focus on budget-related items to youth and their services slash programs. If you have any questions before we begin, please write it down and ask after they are done presenting, and um, can staff give a quick explainer on why we have asked the HRC to present their budget?
1: Yes, I don't know if uh, Joy is um, like on on, but basically um, every year we do ask um, for departments to give a short presentation on their budget, um, especially related to any uh, youth services or programs. And a big part of the youth commission is um, we do have a direct advisory role when it comes to the mayor and the board of supervisors. And so today we invited the Human Rights Commission since they have a lot of great work um, in programs these last couple of years, and we just wanted to see how uh, the Youth Commission can support in their efforts in the budget and, and see if there's things that we just truly don't know what's going on.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, HRC, you may proceed with your presentation. Thank you.
1: Um, and Director Davis, I believe I um, gave you presenting power.
5: You did, but unfortunately it's sending me through a bunch of um, rigmarole to try and share, but I I think we'll be okay without it. I will just talk through it um, without sharing. Uh, Thank you so much for this opportunity to share, to talk a little bit about the HRC budget. I will mainly focus on um, the things that we fund that are, that are, specific to youth under the age of 24. And then DeAnthony will share, DeAnthony Jones will share a little bit more detail. So our budget this fiscal year will be uh, $15,120,673. A portion of those funds specifically support our efforts around opportunities for all. So that is the paid internship program that the Human Rights Commission supports. In addition to that, um, which is part of why we wanted to um, present at this committee is that we also have additional dollars um, supporting a fellowship, the Dream Keeper Initiative Fellowship, which will DeAnthony will talk more about, but that is focused on working with young people um, who are involved in the justice system or could potentially be involved or who've been impacted. Um, And then we've also been spending quite a bit of time, in addition to our support for opportunities for all, we've been convening youth service providers that support young people with a focus on making sure that summer, spring break, Um, winter break and other times of the year are safe for young people, that there are places for them to go and for us to make sure that the resources that they need, whether it is breakfast at a um, summer program or um, care that happens after six o'clock school year or summertime. So we have been convening service providers with the intent of supporting with incentives or supporting with extra programming or resource materials. So um, opportunities for all is one of those that I think you've had um, a presentation on before with the full committee. We will continue to support and advocate for that. We have funding coming this year from the State Department, from the governor's office, to support the ability to expand programming and to work with young people year round. We also will be supporting and working on programming that focuses on literacy for young people. So curriculum development, distribution of books, we'll work with the main library, as well as with um, summer programs, after school programs, and parent groups. Um, we will continue to support and work with the Equity Studies Task Force, which is a program, the Equity Studies Task Force is a partnership with the school district and our community partners focused on how do we ensure that more young people are learning about their own culture and history within the school district. Uh, and then we will um, continue to convene groups for public safety so a public safety planning group for youth service providers which de anthony jones can say more about and then we will continue to host um school groups and typically with the school groups we've been asked to come in and support schools and those school groups focus on affinity groups but they also focus on um, more often than not we are working with young people that have been Um, identified as having challenging situations during the school day and need extra support. And so we are there to make sure that it is not punitive and that they are not labeled as, um, quote unquote, bad youth or bad children. So we have been um, working with schools to support young people who are having a hard time maybe staying in the classroom. Um, And then I will yield the floor for DeAnthony to share more just around um, the school groups the Dream Keeper Initiative Fellowship, and um, My Brothers and Sisters Keeper Initiative. Thank you so much, Director, and thank you so much, Commissioners, Alondra,
6: for reaching out to us, and and definitely we're excited to to be here in space with you today. As some of you all know from when you had your initial retreat, uh, I did serve on the Youth Commission, so I do feel like it is definitely important for city departments to come and share about this work. I'll be speaking and expanding on the school groups, and this is something that um, me and Director Davis have actually worked on even before we were in these roles, and just this idea of being in our schools, because one of the things that we also find too is that um, the school groups have provided a sense of cultural competency to the students that are in these groups, and these students feel comfortable to talk about just some of the challenges, not only in their lives, but in, Sometimes they're schools, right? And so this, these school groups have become a safe haven for young people, especially who, um, we don't like to use the term at risk, but opportunity youth, youth who, who just need a chance. And we wanna be in the schools to make sure these youth um, that we're working with that we will be working with even in the future have a sense of self, a stronger sense of self, a stronger sense of confidence and a sense of being heard, not just heard, but valued and having their their opinions and voices heard. So that's a crucial element for us in not only achieving educational equity, but also even racial equity. And this idea that uh, we are working with some of the students who come from communities facing the most challenges, especially in the school district. And not to, not to say that we're solely focused on the school district, we've also in the past have had school groups and even private schools because we do think that there are uh, especially students of color um, who have challenges navigating private schools as well so we have opened this up to um, students far and wide and just going to the mbsk work so my brother's keeper initiative is housing the obama foundation but for those of you who um, may not know about this program, President Obama started this in his, his administration, and the My Brother's Keeper initiative um, mainly has focused on black and brown young men, um, as well as our indigenous and Native American young men as well. San Francisco, we took it a step further when we first launched our chapter under the my brothers keeper initiative and we said we are the my brothers and sisters keeper initiative because early on um, when we started back in 2016 director correct me if i'm wrong 2016 mayor lee had um got us engaged with this effort with the leadership of director davis and a few others and support at the time from uh, then board president now mayor london breed so we continued that work here locally We've in fact been trying to work with the national to uh, to get aligned with them as they have had some leadership changes at the top. Um, and now we are looking at how we make a regional impact and what the My Brothers and Sisters Keeper initiative is anchored in in San Francisco is supporting um, in the community level youth leaders and making sure we're bringing them to the table to inform how we should work with youth of color in this city, particularly black, brown, native, and indigenous youth, and these include young men and women, and this is what delineates us as a local effort here. Today, we had an adult allies meeting receding our new youth council, but last year, the youth council, which has really been the bread and butter of the work of recent years because COVID had disrupted our champions, which is a group of department heads, community leaders, community-based organization, leaders as well as uh, different stakeholders in youth development citywide. It would be the collaborating um, convening body that we bring them to, but the champions have been on sort of a hiatus due to COVID and many of our past partners moving on. But we're gonna get that restarted and going, but the youth council has been really leading um, this work, even throughout the pandemic. So last year they had hosted an economic advancement fellowship which they had designed and cultivated and curated a whole curriculum around financial empowerment talking about taxes talking about real estate and what investments look like you know talking about just the roots of economic oppression here in the country as well and especially when it comes down to san francisco so the youth council has been flying out to different conferences and we're excited for this new term to start because one of the things that we're going to be doing this summer is integrating the work of the MBSK uh, initiative and youth council with opportunities for all. And we're looking at having a cohort dedicated to supporting young people um, throughout the course of the summer, supporting some of the vision of the youth council moving into uh, this year and this term, which, you know, we'll be having interviews this week and will hopefully be seated by the first week of February, and we definitely want to introduce those youth council members to you all and see if there is any space for partnership on some of those projects as well. But the MBSK work continues, and we're taking that work nationwide. We took a group of youth to Miami last year um, as a part of the Opportunity Youth United convening, and once again, many folks are impressed and get the work happening here in San Francisco, especially the youth work. And so we would definitely be um, in more meetings and more conversations with the youth commission as that work this year starts on. And then we have two more things I wanna to talk to you all about, and this is the DKI fellowship, which to us is a very important step in supporting and actually building up those who are in the trenches when it comes down to violence prevention and also just this idea of mentoring our young people. We have built this fellowship to serve as a capacity building fellowship for those who are in this work and understanding the role of mentoring, the understanding the role of modeling as well, because on top of mentoring, modeling is so important, especially nowadays when youth have so much influence from social media. We wanted to cultivate a fellowship that really worked with those who are in the trenches to understand what their role is in working with these young people and just folks um, across the spectrum of violence prevention, whether they be younger folks or even older folks and those who may be re-entering. So this fellowship for us is very important in setting the culture and setting the tone and how we show up in community, especially when dealing with traumas. And the the complex world of violence prevention, and the complex world of mentoring as well. And then finally, just dovetailing that into this bigger work and um, initiative that we're doing around public safety, um, we've seen so many different um, incidents involving, especially young folks and. What we definitely believe is, as an agency, it's all about bringing everyone who's touching the world of violence prevention together. And we feel like on top of the DKI fellowship, this idea of even just talking about what a peace curriculum looks like. So we've been meeting with partners in the space of violence prevention and youth development around what does building a curriculum around violence prevention look like? And we're in that process now with community stakeholders, and our next steps is to actually have plans for each part of the year where we know violence might spring up or there's a threat um, of violence springing up, especially during the spring, the summer months, and especially in the winter, developing those plans um, on how we respond and how we prevent violence, especially when it comes down to our young folks, because one of the things that we've learned is not just about giving young people jobs. It's about really engaging them on an individual level. And we want that to be brought into one curriculum that we can share, especially when it comes down to um, combating the culture that has sprung up around young people breaking into cars, young people like social media is the place to air out their grievances. It is a culture shift that we're aiming for in this violence prevention work here in the city. And we'll work with partners from the Southeast sector, to the Western edition, to the Mission, Celsier, um, to all over really. And just this idea, even Lakeview OMI, and this idea of how do we get in and really stand in the gap when it comes down to our youth and young adults. So, um, Director Davis, did I miss anything.
5: Like you did a good job there, DeAnthony, very comprehensive.
6: And once again, we will be reaching out to the youth commission uh, once we get the youth council role in, in just the broader MBS Work. So look out for some correspondence.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, I'm Director Davis and Human Rights Commissioner staff Anthony Jones for coming today and giving us this amazing and informative presentation. I'm I really appreciate all the work you're doing and think it's really important to be doing this type of work. Um, i'm gonna open the floor now for commissioners to ask any questions um yeah
3: Okay, I have one, but i wanna <laughs> i wanna let other commissioners go first no okay. i want i
7: wanna let t j um Go first, but I'm happy to go first. Um, I'm Ewan from um the LGBTQ task force. Um, we wanted to stop by and say hi as well as we have a lot of overlapping issues we're working on. Um, and I'll say we wanted to reach out and speak specifically to the um LGBTQ advisory committee of the. Correct me if I'm using the wrong terminology, but um for the Human Rights Commission as well at some point. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad we're connected. I'm wondering if I could just hear a little bit about the work that you all are doing with LGBTQ plus youth, um, if any, and um, just you know sort of what does that look like with the budget process as well?
5: Thank you for that question. And so we are in the process, part of our budget um, ask last year was to hire um, LGBTQ plus ed, um, staff person to be the liaison to make sure that we are not having anything fall through the cracks. So we are building those pieces out. So um, being very intentional in terms of some of the work that we're doing with Opportunities for All and trying to think about that component. Um, anthony has been working on some pieces for that for the summer. Um, we're also really thinking about that a lot with regards to the um, with regards to our work around public safety and violence prevention, um, being very intentional, so that's another piece that we're building in. And then lastly, I will just say, um, and, you, and I don't know, I think you all have been working with or maybe connected with the Office of Sharp, um, which has been really leading that work around safe body, um, you know, really being able to have autonomy over one's body and being able to um, do that work. And so they're helping us think through how to be more um, forward-thinking within that regard as well. And DeAnthony, I don't know if you have anything to add.
6: Yes, and, and the other component of that is that, you know, SHARP for, for the commissioners who don't have, is a division under the HRC. So, you know, we work together in, in a continuum. And the other piece of that is even with the NBSA work, um, we have been reached out to by uh, trans youth um, serving Uh, initiatives under TOTUS coalition, so there's some follow-up to to happen there because we do want to be mindful, especially when it comes down to black and brown trans youth. Um, There's even more disconnection to services, and so we do want to be as intentional as possible, and that is definitely something to look out for as far as how we're, we're working with our MBSK program and just reaching out to youth who are in these populations as well.
5: And I would just add we had before the pandemic um, and DeAnthony, I don't know if, you know if you remember the acronym for it that um, that uh, we I can't now I just blanked on his name too, but uh, that we had a staff member who was leading we had a um, a fellowship that was specifically for um, LGBT youth and so I want to say it was like pretty up, but it was a um, it was, uh, I can't, I'll have to look it up, but I can share that with you. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring that back. But that was something that we had um, that was run by, DeAnthony. what was his name? That I just feel horrible right now. I can't remember. Taquan. Taquan. Taquan, Harrison. Taquan so, um, but that was a fellowship that we had before the, the pandemic, and I, I will try and find that name to share with you and it's something hopefully we'll bring back this summer. We worked with Larkin Street and with Lyric and with other folks to identify youth to participate in that particular um, program.
7: Thank you and just, you know, please feel free to reach out to the Youth Commission. We have a LGBTQ specific task force now as well that um, can help as well.
6: Thank you you and for all the good leadership as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely look forward to reaching out to you. Okay. I have a two-part question. Um, so the first one, um, Director Davis, you said that HRC has a budget of fifteen million. And I'm wondering if throughout the years is this like has this been like a constant number or has it gone up or down? Like have there ever, have there ever been has there ever been any like huge cuts on like programs or like services?
5: So we have had um, a tremendous amount of growth in the last few years. And so um, we will, we are in the position right now, much like every department where we've been asked to cut. Um, Mm -hmm. When I first came to the Human Rights Commission. Um, in 2016, we had just around a $3 million budget, so we've seen substantial growth. Um, a lot of that is specific to um, Opportunities for All funding, as well as the DreamKeeper Initiative funding and funding for the Office of Racial Equity, as well as SHARP. Um, so, you know, we are very concerned because of the $15 million, only three, about $5 million of it is specifically for... Um, staff and operations, the other, the rest of that money goes out to community and supports um, youth programming and um, programs that serve folks that are um, disenfranchised or um, disproportionately impacted by the justice system or by uh, discrimination and bias. So hopefully we will be able to avoid major cuts this year because those cuts either mean, and we have a very high, um, population of women and people of color in our department. So uh, any cuts mean we're either cutting staff or that the money that goes out to community will be cut. We're fortunate this year to have money from um, the state that will help with some of the the youth um, programming specifically. But um, yeah, we, we've, we've seen growth. We want to make sure that we don't lose that because for the most part, it really does impact um, you know, vulnerable populations. And then I just found the name of the fellowship. It was Qt Up, it was Queer Trans Youth, um, and I forget what the up part was, but it was Qt, cutie, cutie Up,
3: so. Thank you. Commissioners, any other questions you'd like to ask? I
2: have a question um, based on the question that Chair Colleen asked. I uh, thank you all again uh, for coming. This was a very succinct presentation. Um, so um, D- Director Davis, in hearing that the possibility of budget cuts could possibly affect youth programs, I guess I'm wondering like how we envision past this fiscal year kind of in that instance that youth programs are impacted, how we can bounce back from that? If we've even thought, I don't know, That's far in the future, we haven't finished the budget process, but I'm just curious on um, the ways that youth programs will still be sustained uh, for future years.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think when we start to go through the process, what we've done so far in terms of our proposed budget cuts is to not cut uh, the amount of money that we have for programming, where it will be, you um, where, where we will fill it the most will be most likely in our office does a lot to support and supplement community programs. So we've limited the amount of money that we have for um, non-personnel or um, uh, program things that are not programming. So we are not worried at this point in time uh, too much about having to make those cuts. But what we are most concerned with is that You know, for instance, for Juneteenth, people will come and say they want us to sponsor or support a community event or um, Sunday streets or um, the ability to give gift cards and do other things for folks. So that that's where we would see the the impact. But right at this point in time, we do not uh, anticipate making any cuts directly to um, services that would support youth or community or that is a direct benefit, whether it's cash or employment. Got it. Thank you. I'm
0: are there any like state funds or like grants that you can apply to to like make up the money that you would have like money that you have to cut out on like programs and services.
5: We are in conversation with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development as well as the mayor's office on opportunities that are coming out both from the state and federal level. So we are um, we're currently we haven't done that before last year or before this fiscal year um, you know and fortunately the mayor's office did share the opportunity that we did get from the state and we will continue we've had some conversations with the department of justice Um, we will continue to have conversations with um, other federal and state agencies about the potential to generate support um, for programs
1: Um, I have a question. So how can the Youth Commission help um, advocate um, on specific line items um, related to youth in the HRC budget? Um, Do y'all have a plan for ad back season, Um, like regarding like advocacy? Um, And then also just curious if um, you've worked with the Youth Commission in the past to help advocate on specific line items in the HRC budget. Um, Just to to also preface, um, all the staff are new. Uh, We just joined the team back in April of 2022, so this is also very new to us, so we're also curious um, how the Youth Commission has helped advocate in uh, department budgets.
5: So I know DeAnthony can speak directly to his experience, but I will say um, from the departmental level, being able to have letters of support that are sent to the the members of the budget committee will be extremely helpful. Um, And then as you, I think also these hearings, that these um, meetings and these invitations that you're doing are very helpful. I I would imagine in the past they've, um, and DeAnthony can speak more to this, that you would likely want to put together a list of your recommendations and hopefully the HRC would be included in that. And then lastly, I would just um, say what, may be helpful as a member or the chair of the Budget Committee to come to um, to the Youth Commission so you can formally present your, your recommendations.
6: And, you know, just going back from my experience on the Commission and, and just understanding how the Commission works with the budget recommendations, I think that that's the bread and butter right there. Uh, coming to the Human Rights Commission and presenting those budget priorities uh, to the commissioners, and you know, of course, throughout the year there will be opportunities to even work on shared advocacy because I, I do envision with Youth Advocacy Day and venues like that really using that as an opportunity as well to uplift some of these programs, especially you know, Opportunities for All. That's that's a real big program that you know. As Director Davis said, none of our youth programs are facing any dire straits right now, but it's always just important for, especially youth, and this could be across the board, youth commission, even the school district the student advisory committee, and all youth leadership bodies, the MBSK Youth Council, to elevate the importance of just having a youth employment program like Opportunities for All. Uh, And of course, you know, we definitely want to know if there's any policy um, goals that we can also help advocate for that you think may be beneficial to youth and young adults. I know um, in, in the past, you know, there has even been these ideas around supporting and and expanding opportunities for all women and and expanding youth employment opportunities in the city. So I always think that there is an opportunity when it comes down to young people and youth especially for us to come together. Um, And of course, you know, I know Director Davis and Director Davis correct me if if I'm pulling the cart before the horse, but the idea that, you know, I can even serve as a contact for you all and, and making sure that y'all are up to date and up to speed on anything that we're doing, especially around some of our initiatives and we might need support and you know, vice versa as well. I know several of the commissioners here uh, know me very well, the staff, and um, so, you know, once again, if uh, Director Davis feels like it is appropriate, I can also just be a, a point of contact if you do have any um, ideas and anything that you may think the the HRC can help advocate for as far as youth policy or budgetary. That
5: sounds good, (laughs)
3: D'Anthony. Thank you
0: so much. Um, I have one last question, just like on what you were discussing. Um, What specific neighborhoods slash districts are the youth that you work with, like, live in and have you seen improvement from the youth who are from these neighborhoods? Like what have, what's like the improvement in like behavior and like achievement or success or participation in like civic engagement?
5: I mean, I'll let DeAnthony speak to that as well, but we really do work across the city and so have had um engagements with both students in private schools as well as folks living in public housing. Um, doing a lot of engagement and interaction Um, i will say you know one of the things that's really you know and and i can't of course i can't think of any now but i'm sure DeAnthony has some you know we can speak very specifically to the impact with um uh with individuals and with the the opportunity and the changes that folks feel like they have um, the ability to feel like there's some place to go, a safe space to be in, um, but also just um, that trajectory. And so we've got um, reports. I know that um, Sarah shared information with you all from Air Opportunities for All in um, December. Um, we will continue um, to try and do a better job of collecting those stories and putting the data together. But we have seen, by and large, you know, from a lot of these programs, young people Um, who come from communities and neighborhoods and families where they have um, been disproportionately impacted by violence or who were dropouts that have gone on to finish. Um, We've got a number of youth who've stayed in the programs with us um, for opportunities for all three and four years. And then we've seen them be able to go off to college and then come back as college students. So we're really starting to see over the last three to four years, uh, the impact on those programs and to see young people Um, You know, as a matter of fact, DeAnthony, I don't know if he, when he comes back on, we have um, three young people that have been in My brother Sister's Keeper Initiative. Um, They started with one brother that was in the program, and then he graduated and went to college, and then his brother, another brother came. So three young men, um, all who, you know, participated in the My Brother and Sister's Keeper Initiative, and all three of them are in Ivy League colleges now. Um, young, uh, young men, Latino from San Francisco making a tremendous impact, and their father came to one of the events and shared how much he felt like the program made a difference in uh, his, his son's lives, their ability to write about their experiences, their service learning, their engagement in community, that those opportunities made them that much more desirable by the colleges.
3: Yes,
6: and, and I'm sorry here but um I'm gonna go off camera because my my battery's running out. But um I will say that even with those youth who, who attended say three generations of three generations of that family went through the My Brothers and Sisters Keeper Youth Council. And I also don't wanna understate that through our initiatives like the Dream Keeper and through the HRC's work, even from the Latino Task Force, there is an extended impact that, you know, it's kind of hard to capture because there's so many programs that fall under these different umbrellas that serve youth. But we know that even coming from those programs point of view, the impact and the work that the HRC has done, especially throughout the pandemic, has helped them. Like we talk about even our student athletes working with Nate Ford with the Rebels, who has given out books to his players, you know. Or if we want to talk about programs like uh, Loctite and working to hand out food boxes in Sunnydale, you know. If we're talking about programs like Booker T. Washington that serve our youth after school programs. If we're talking about the Mo Magic and B Magic collaboratives with under the Public Defender's Office and just the history there and working with collaborative of youth serving organizations if we're talking about the investments into early child care and we're talking about the work that's been happening around just the the early child care network there's so much work that has impacted youth from k to even babies right you know just some of the the abundant birth projects right and just the the Human Rights Commission's work in supporting programs like that. So it's very wide-ranging, and it's a good problem to have because there's so much impact that it looks different for each part of the city. You even look at the investments going into Lakeview OMI. A lot of their youth-serving programs are like, hey, you know, we've never had this level of support before. So, you know, a lot of the, the, the impact that the HRC has is is by extension of its work, working with community-based organizations and collaboratives throughout the city, even with our Pacific Islander youth, working with them and making sure these communities are, are supported as well with SCDC and just some of the other partnerships that they have. You know, it, it's just so wide ranging and that's why we definitely wanna create um, a very close bond with the Youth Commission to make sure that work is elevated and celebrated.
3: Thank you so much. Um, last call for any last-minute questions.
0: Okay. Um, thank you once again, Director, Director Davis and DeAnthony for coming today to speak with us. Um, please let us know throughout the, the budget season if there's anything we could do to support you and advocate um, for your programs and
5: services. Thank you so much for having us. We enjoyed uh, speaking with you tonight.
3: Thank you. All
0: right. We are going to move on with um, our next item, which is... Thank you all. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a nice day.
3: All right. Um, We're going to move on with our
0: next item now. It is our team building activity. Um, Ewan, you can stay if you want to, to answer the question, <laughs> or not. Um,
7: oh, I, I think I'm gonna head out, but I thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with them as well. I appreciate that chair, uh, thank Colleen. You, thank
0: you for coming. Awesome, okay. So the question for our team building activity is, what's your favorite school subject and why? <laughs> who
3: would like to start
0: okay i can start um my favorite subject is uh, it's like a mix of english and history like humanities my school offers some really cool like sub like very specific topic classes um so i love all the books we read and like the the topics we analyze and discuss, yeah, and I'm also just like a reader. I love reading. So, who'd like to go next? I'm gonna call on someone. I'll go next. Thank you. You
8: know, um my favorite subjects is um English and math. You know, for English, we write some pretty cool essays, like you know, Interstellar. We wrote an essay about that, and you know, math. You know.
3: Like the satisfaction
2: of you know getting an equation right, so that's pretty cool. Um, I can go next. Um, that's actually a really hard question because I've had some really great classes recently. I think it's a tie between um, econ and there's a class, uh, English class called "Burning Illusions," which is basically kind of like um. It's like a, it's a dual enrollment, so it's a focus on ethics, ethnic studies, but, so we, like, take it through the lens of just, like, um, American society and the intersections between, like, gender, race, and class, and things of that nature. It's just a really awesome, it was a really awesome class, Um, and I just love econ, and just the idea of just, like, um, how our society functions around this idea of, like, scarcity of resources, and how that impacts who gets allocated what, so that's just really interesting to me, but yeah.
4: Um, okay, my classes aren't nearly as interesting as everyone else's, but I guess, my favorite subject is world history just because I've always liked history um and like it's just one of my chiller classes, and right now we're learning about like different like economic systems like capitalism and like socialism and communism um um which I think is very interesting
3: to learn about.
0: Joy, Alondra, I know you're not in school anymore, but (laughs) what were your favorite subjects when you were? (laughs) Or college subjects?
9: Yeah, so I've always liked my language classes, like um, foreign language, so like Japanese and Korean. I took both of them, and those were my favorite classes and the best classes. Because I like culture, and I like learning new languages.
0: Are you fluent in both? Or like can get by?
9: I can get by. Um, if you drop me in the country, I will survive. <laughs>
0: OK. Um,
1: I, The reason I picked this question, because I know y'all have some like interesting courses in your school, so I wanted to hear about them. But I think in high school, it's definitely history um just because I love learning about things but in college I took a race in comedy class and we like got to learn about like Richard Pryor and like current comedians like Ali Wong and like have like a ethnic studies lens to it and at the end of the course we had to like uh, do comedy and like do stand up in front of the class and that was like really fun so
0: Awesome. Thank you all for participating. Um, We're going to move on to our next uh, TJ-related news, and this is a discussion item. Um, I guess it's kind of a TJ-related news, but um, everyone remember on Friday, we have a juvenile hall outing at 4.15 to 6. So please accept the calendar invite or, like, let staff know that you can attend. I think this will be such a cool and, like, necessary, like, thing to do just to, like, see what's happening with Juvenile Hall, what, like, the building looks like. Um, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, to, 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 to add to that, um, I will be sending out an email tomorrow with just further information since I will need a head count on who will be in attendance. Yes. Yeah, what sorry, I interrupted someone, sorry. When does
4: it start again? Like, what time? 4.15.
1: Uh, so, yeah, they want us to be there around 4.15, definitely before 4.30, um, because you have to take a COVID test.
4: Oh, okay. I I won't be able to come.
0: Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Thank you for letting us know.
1: There will be another opportunity soon. Um, just because we couldn't get permission from everyone to speak to youth mm. in the facility because um, there would be too many of us, but there will be a special opportunity for select group of us to interact. I'm just working with the public defender's office on that.
0: Mm. That seems like a really awesome. Thank when you. did the
1: uh, event happen again? Friday at... 430 at the uh, Juvenile um, Hall. If you have school, it's totally fine. I totally get it because um, there will be another opportunity in the future to visit the facility, so you don't have to worry about not going. OK, I'll check
0: my calendar. Yeah. Um, is there any other TJ related news?
1: Um, the pretext legislation
0: passed oh yes the pretext uh legislation passed four to three last two weeks ago i don't remember the date exact sometime in january um that was really cool um yeah so nine traffic stops have a limit on them they're not banned but there there's a limit um which is really cool yeah let's move on to our next item so c budget and policy priorities um. Yes, the staff. Do staff do you want to give an overview first?
1: Yeah, Joy. Do you mind giving like the update that you just emailed them? Mm, I saw that.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. The update on like the change of date for the BPPs. Oh yes. So um, the new deadline.
9: I mean. Well, it's a little pushback. So the first hearing from the full commission will be, um, let me pull up a calendar, February 21st, and then the final reading and the vote will happen on March 6th. So um, because of that, um, you will be given extra time. We are still asking for all the committee and task board chairs to to send in like whatever you have on like your, your BPP Sorry, that was the sheriff's. Um, so um, we we are still asking all the committee and task force um, chairs to submit whatever you have, um, whatever your committee has um, this Thursday by 11.59 p.m. because um, we would like to include just like whatever drafts you have for exec committee to look over next week. So um, that will give you like extra time to. Um, um, to meet with like your committee, like just one more meeting before you finally have to turn it into the full commission, and and yeah, just um gives us also like a little more time to help you all to um find more information and to compile any data. But I just really want to emphasize that like your BPP does not need to be long. It does not need to be like 10 pages because um, all your topics vary. Um, And because of that, sometimes it's a topic that has less information. And sometimes it's made like that because they don't want to share that information with the public. And like sometimes we really have to like dig for it from certain department folks just to get one piece of information. So it's okay if yours is just like one page, two page, three page because sometimes we just that's a new topic we haven't touched and it's really hard to find information so just put in whatever you have and like hey we will work on that we will advocate on that
0: thank you um yes if there's no other comments so um we're going to discuss the bbp now um i just want to start off if there's any questions regarding your budget policy priorities under the TJ section. So I know we have five. Yes, we have five. Um so
3: are there any questions? Thank you. Oh yes, I got a question. Yeah, go ahead. So you, you know, when it says the um regarding, regarding the youth commission. I think that's the fourth question. Number four. Yes. It was like um how is like the background on youth commission on this topic?
8: um, so if you can't like find any like any history of that, like what do you do? Should I like ask
0: like around? history that the youth commission has done yes, if there if, like, um yeah, you can for sure ask staff um, I know that there has been history regarding s- as sexual survivors sexual survivors. But I believe you're focusing more on gun regulation. Is that right?
8: Yeah, gun regulation and like school
0: safety. Yeah. Um. Staff has the Youth Commission done anything with gun regulations before?
4: I'm pretty sure. Um, right. Right. No. I I remember something. I remember something. I remember something. Um. Last year, Ewan wrote um a resolution on gun regulations. Yeah. That's. I don't really remember specifically what the resolution was targeting. But it was around gun regulations. Um, All right, thank so you. Ask, do you know
0: I is UN doing something on gun regulations for? No, is there BPP regarding gun regulations in school or like school safety?
9: Uh, yes, um, school safety is under one of the topics for CEC as well, and um, regarding on, like, researching for past stuff, um, you can always check, uh, look at our website for any past resolutions. Um, they should be up there.
0: Do you know if CEC is focusing on gun regulations, just so that there could be, like, a collab if there is and there's no, like, repetitions?
1: I'll get back to you in like a minute.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Um, my suggestion too is um I know um there's like 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 number six is a central freeway, which like is something that also like kind of tied into stuff that TJ was talking about. Um in which, you know, Emily from who's or HRC. Here, yeah, Tierwin from H yeah, HRC is like focusing. That could be something like if you have any like talking points uh, Commissioner Hillman, you can just reach out to like Commissioner Vice um, Barker Plummer. Um, but I think you wanted to also just specify mainly also like in the Bayview. So um, if we can try to like like staff can help you try to find like information regarding that. because I know um, I think Vice chair Barker Plummers focusing like safe school safety overall, but I know I think you had a concern mainly regarding like your your district, correct? Yes. Yeah, so that could be something like um, that could be its own, like regarding school safety is school safety in like the baby or District 10.
9: And regarding on what Vice Chair Barker Plummer and Commissioner Udding are working on, um, it's school safety just general, um, again, not specifically on District 10, and, but um, they're Working something similar to like what are the active shooter trainings that are happening in like schools and um things like that.
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah, let us know if you want us to do like an email like thing or you can just message them yourselves, but staff can make that connection too if you need it. Okay. Um, Chair Colleen, do you want me to go through this?
0: Yes, please. Um, okay. So, number one is closing Juvenile Hall. Um, I have yet to finish. I was working with this with um, Chair Nguyen, Um, And I think we're going to need a little bit of support from staff. Um, but I, I, I don't think we should read over this. Can I, like, explain just, like, Yeah, you
1: can do a summary, please.
0: Yeah, okay, so background. So the Youth Commission in 2018-2019, as it says there, um, worked on closing Juvenile Hall, and I want to continue this as a budget policy priority this year um, to complete the closure of Juvenile Hall. So a lot of it, and you can start scrolling down if you can, it's just, like, background information on, like, what the uh, Youth Commission did in the previous year and then recent updates is about the meeting that Commissioner Pimentel and I had with Chief Miller in uh, December of last year and so it's just like recent updates and then we need to do some more research on the funding that San Francisco received from California for juvenile hall or like a facility housing um detained youth and we still kind of need to clarify what our recommendations are going to be Um, I know that we are, uh, Commissioner Pimentel and I are meeting with our uh, appointing officers, which also had, like, the biggest hand in the BOS file that closed Juvenile Hall. That's in February, so I don't know if, like, I can edit this, like, thing. Yeah? Okay. Um, And then I'm sure that I'm going to add on stuff after the tour um, on Friday. Um, Yes, that's the first one the second one is the Narcan program which is basically just my um, resolution I just cut it down a bit and it's basically just like background on fentanyl and like how it's used the second part is like fentanyl in San Francisco and like the years some data on fentanyl um, related overdoses and deaths recent updates which is fentanyl more specific for youth and like the age groups of people who have been accidentally overdosed on fentanyl and then I talk about naloxone which is the life-saving medication that can reverse an opioid overdose and then I have things about like bystanders. Um, I talk about naloxone in California and San Francisco because there's a lot of counties that have implemented an ARCAM program and who have gotten grants and funding from the state and then I talk a little bit about the cost of locks on. I think I'm gonna add a part about I didn't mention a specific department in San Francisco who we could like advocate to get extra funding because a lot of the research I found was like counties um, applying to grants and funding from the states. So I don't know if that should be I like I don't know how that works with this budget priority. If like we're only asking for additional funding from departments or if we can like advocate for the city to apply to grants and funding from the state and this is like a question for staff i don't really know
1: um i think you can do like individual like advocacy um i know with like the youth commission we truly don't have any jurisdiction over like state federal um like advocacy um so you can like, urge the Board of Supervisors and the mayors or, like, different departments to um, apply for grants.
0: Okay. Then yeah. I'll include, like, an extra, I'll include, like, a little clause about that. Um,
1: yeah, but we can also, like, talk offline because I think um, this would be also, like, a great opportunity just for y'all individually to do different outreach to different uh, people across the city. Awesome.
0: Okay. Yes. And then the last thing was just like Youth Commission involvement with the topic, which hasn't been much. Um, I included the resolution I wrote, and then the two events about safe consumption sites, which correlates to fentanyl deaths and overdoses in San Francisco. And then I have my recommendations. Yes, Um, that's okay. Um, and then, Raven, do you want to talk about
2: yours next? Yep, I can. So I focused on um, replenishing Bayview Hunters Point, um, and you can see in the description, urging the mayor and board supervisors to bear the responsibility in replenishing Bayview Hunters Point environmentally to sustain the community for future generations. So basically, I start off with history on just the history of the Hunters Point Naval Shipyard, um, and it goes back honestly, over a century, um, and so it just kind of unravels the history of using that uh, shipyard for uh, radiological ex- experimentation um, and research, and how that boiled down into um, racial um, discrimination when it came to housing after World War II, and mm-hmm. the role of how um, many black and brown uh, people were uh, forced to live in undesirable areas which included Bayview at this point, and so now the the reality that there is um, like about 20,000 black residents um, who make up two-thirds of Bayview on this point, and yet they are reeling with the um, contamination caused by the Navy. And so there's been a lack of um, negligence, if you will, and a lack of responsibility taken by the Navy. They were commissioned um, to clean up the site, However, there was a lot of back and forth on how much money they would put into cleaning up the site. Um, And then um, we see how there is a lot of people at risk, especially children um, and everybody from uh, the reality that the contaminations has seeped into the water and the soil. Um, And so that causes, of course, health concerns. um, And there's also a worry about, uh, for future, the rising groundwater levels could um, seep into like sidewalks and harm both human and aquatic life. And this will impact uh, current and future infrastructure. Um, so that was just kind of like the history in the background. As far as recent updates, um, a lot of, there's been a lot of new updates within the past few years. There was a civil grand jury release, um, which basically was a heroin report on the reality of the impact of the naval shipyard and the risk of the rising groundwater. And so basically they called for um the Board of Supervisors to um to face this uh issue. And finally a year later in October the BOS introduced a resolution, but they didn't adopt the entirety of the report. They only adopted pieces of it. Um and so I talked about that. Um and then um, also, Baby Hunters Point Community has been pushing for other initiatives um, that has come about because of the Naval Shipyard and the reality that there are other concerns, such as gentrification, because there are um, a lot of different companies who are trying to build on this 866 acre for housing, but it would inevitably push out residents because of the market would then rise. And then also there's. Uh, concerns that it's not even safe to build on anyway because of the contaminants. Um, and so they, um, the community is using different ways to even mobilize the community, which I mentioned uh, specifically the Youth Environment and Climate Justice Leadership Academy to help youth understand the current environment issues in the community. But uh, yeah, so I'd say all that and then the recommendations.
3: Thank you.
0: Um, okay, next one is school safety, and this is gun regulations only. Tyrone, would you like to speak a little bit on um, what information you've um, gathered?
8: Yeah, so, you know, still a little research on some gun regulations involving in schools, so I got a screenshot, including some death rates or shootings throughout the years, and you can clearly see pretty increasing um this is basically like overall in, in the u.s i need to do more research in my district on the school safety and uh, um gun regulations as well so i need to st- still working on that what else can I um i also said you know there's not, not as much um programs or not enough sur- services as i've seen in um district 10 that helps students with their mental health and gun regulations such as that you know and i'm still you know researching on the youth commission background check so i'm gonna do that that's
3: my um priority all right thank you um next one is gabby's
4: um, okay, by the way, like, the title and stuff, isn't I will change. You can change. do whatever you want, summary or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but, um, okay, so pretty much mine was about mostly language access and, like, and, like, su- and, like, also, like, just, like, support for, um, like, immigrants who don't, like, yeah, and just, like, support for immigrants, um, like, their language, so I just, like, put some statistics about, um, like immigrants and like what foreign languages they speak. And then I have a section for ESL classes, which I need to add more. Um, and then for foreign language classes, I pretty much wrote like why it's important, like just like for like, um, so young people can like know languages that a lot of immigrants in San Francisco know um, and be able to support them as well as um, just like having these language classes available I, I I just wrote like how that was important, um, and like how, um, these language classes have been at risk of getting cut, um, even though, um, like they can also like teach people about like cult- like the culture and like the language of like a lot of immigrants in San Francisco. Um, so that's like the four the second. Part. And if you scroll down, the third part was about like fair language access in city departments, um. And I pretty much wrote about how, like, in city departments, there there's like, there was like a commitment to have fair language access. However, it hasn't really been followed through. Um, and like, I just gave like examples of like how there isn't a lot of bilingual staff, how there hasn't been training through a lot of city departments, um, um, for like translation interpretation services. Um, and I just gave an example and then I didn't really know what to put for recent updates because the background is all pretty recent, like as of like the last two years. Um so we can delete that. Yeah, I might just delete that. And then youth commission involvement. I couldn't really find anything based on language access. So I just wrote um our work on immigration in general, um, recently. Um and then recommendations are also a work in progress. I don't really know what's right there. So I just wrote something. Yeah, that's it.
0: Um is there a specific department you're like advocating for funding?
4: Uh, um probably. Okay, there's there's a specific like office under the city administrators that works like, and also the language access it's, it's acronym is LAO. Um I don't remember I think it's language access ordinance, but there's like a whole office that works on like immigration affairs and like I guess I could put under there. Awesome. Um, okay. Yeah. Like more funding for trainings, I guess. Awesome.
0: Okay. These look great. Work in progress. Um are do does anyone have any questions about their budget
3: their their topic
1: can i say something
0: yeah go ahead
1: sorry i don't have the raise hand feature um yeah so basically um first of all i want to say how proud i am of y'all for putting this together um regardless if you have like a lot of information or not like I'm really proud that y'all took the time to look into these like issues and like put them on paper um and come up with like some you know asks um but also I just want to reiterate too like um some some stuff has a lot of information and other stuff you know does not have a lot of information so I think it's definitely okay um, whatever, like, information you have, you have, um, and also staff are here to help, um, so I know some of you, I'm gonna do some research this week to help y'all, but, um, you know, basically, like, I'm, I just want to say I'm really proud of y'all, and I'm, you know, very excited to see, um, where these topics go in the, an- or annual BBP report, um, yeah, just want to say that.
3: Well, I also have a question. Yeah, yeah go
8: ahead. Uh, do you, is there like a specific uh, due date to finish
1: these edits? Yes, the 26th. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that, that's like our, our like initial draft. Um, so if just have, if you do more research, have it done by the 26th. Um and then again we'll reevaluate and see like if we need to change anything, add some more research. Um but it's not the definitive deadline. It's just like like your first draft of like an essay. Okay, thank
3: you. Okay,
0: these are looking great. Um just out of curiosity, um Raven, I know yours looks looks good. Like are is it do you think you're done or do you like we'll need more information before is this like a, a a rough draft that you're ready to submit?
2: Yeah, I feel like it's a rough draft I'm ready to submit. Okay. Yeah. I Unless understand. I have anything to add before I before the rough draft, but I feel confident about it.
0: Awesome. Great. And then I know Tyrone and Gabby, you both said you still need to do some work with like some edits before you Yeah, submit. I need it. Yeah.
3: yeah I need
2: same yeah. with you? Yeah? Okay. Actually, I actually have a quick question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, as far as sources go, I have my sources, but I didn't know, like, do I need to – this sounds bad from an English standpoint, but do I need to cite them? How should I – like, the format for that? I didn't know. Yeah.
0: Um, you can do oh, – I don't – I did footnotes. I don't know, Alondra, mm-hmm. is that what we're going to be doing for the report?
1: Yeah, do footnotes because I think it just saves okay. a lot more – space and okay. um commissioner lestana i'll help you put those in footnotes too i just saw I your comments
0: say, yeah i was gonna say i could do yeah. that as well like if anyone needs help with footnotes you can um just link or like comment on the information that has a footnote and then i can go through and um create the citations for them
2: cool thank you
0: awesome okay um yes yeah, so a rough draft is due January twenty sixth, which is Thursday, this Thursday by eleven fifty nine PM. Um yes, and I think the next thing do we need a motion to I was gonna ask
1: Joy that. Do you think it would be good like pro like procedure wise to take a motion or should we just like not do that since like the actual like full youth commission will be taking a motion? Of this
9: I think um, you all just need to submit it and I think the full commission can vote on it um yeah
1: yeah yeah that makes sense okay yeah so we can just skip that stuff on the facilitator guide
0: okay great any last-minute questions or like comments thoughts no okay um, is there any public comment?
1: Uh, Chair, you have no one here for public comment.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, we do not have to take a roll call. No, okay. Okay, the uh, step D is my resolution combating functional usage. I did not send it over to you, so I don't know if we can go over it.
1: Do you just want us? Give, like, I can give you presenting mode, and you can just show us, like, what you added. And we don't have to take a vote on it, since we already did, but I know you wanted just to give a quick update on it. Yeah. Okay, let me give you presenting mode. Okay. Yeah, you can just give us, like, a quick update on what's going on.
0: Okay. Sure. Can you see that? Yeah, we can see. Cool. Okay. Um... Let me just see what my new updates were. So I had Commissioner... What's his last name? I had Hayden. Commissioner Miller. I had Hayden help me um, go over it and to see what extra updates I needed. Oh, let me see. What did I edit? It's
3: Very long. Oh, I included something here. Yes, okay. I
0: included these parts. Um, so I got feedback at the last Youth Commission full meeting about including information about California and like San Francisco specifically with like a Narcan program. And so after doing some research, I found that a uh, California Senate Bill three six seven was passed in on last year, December twenty twenty two, regarding. Um, campuses providing Naloxone without a cost of free and educating young people on its uses. I also know that San Francisco, after research, none of the San Francisco schools have any Narcan program or, like, program about distributing Naloxone, Um, but I learned that San Francisco City employees do have access to free Narcan and training, so I included that, but actually didn't find any data on that program like nowhere not even on like the city website um and then i also found something that california state representative matt haney said because i know that he's also been he's worked a lot with um fentanyl overdoses and like um advocating for more resources um what else did i add i also added the california's good Samar- some how do you say this samaritan law um because i know that there are questions about bystanders like what happens if there's like a problem can a bystander who like administers naloxone be at fault in case something happens with the person who received naloxone and under california's law um they will not be subject to criminal prosecution for the administration of naloxone um i also did research on the cost of naloxone and the uh shelf life so because of the increasing opioid overdoses in the United States, a lot of pharmaceutical companies have actually taken advantage of naloxone and increased the price. So a lot of harm reduction groups cannot, or they they can't like pay the the price anymore because it's gotten so expensive. They used to pay two fifty, and now it's seventy five dollars. And the average retail price for naloxone is $120, which is extremely expensive. Um, there is a company called Emergent Biosolutions that sells that produces Narcan and sells it for a discounted price to national, state, and local government health and safety entities like pol- the public health clinics, fire departments, and police departments, but not to harm reduction organizations. Um, and then again, there's an naloxone distribution project (NDP) that. Um, gives naloxone for free um and then also naloxone has a shelf life of 36 months so it lasts a really long time um yes and then what else i for my further resolve instead of advocating for naloxone to be distributed to like all san francisco like businesses and all that i kept it just to like students and their families um youth families I also talked with Hayden about this, and we were like, maybe school should have at least 100 boxes of naloxone on hand in case of emergencies. And um, what else? I think that's it. Oh, yes, and then this one is the last new added clause. Oh, these two. Um, there was, So I found that states like Ohio, Delaware, and Iowa Have pharmacies uh, give out free Narcan um, to whoever asks for it. Um, And then I also included a clause about police enforcement uh, on drug dealers selling drugs to young people. And that's it. Any questions or
3: clarifications on anything?
2: Okay. i have a question i just wanted to say that that was a really succinct um uh resolution edit especially considering that i remember there was a lot of little edits that people asked for. And so the fact that you hit them all up i just want to commend you for that so that's all i have to say
0: thank you very much appreciated <laughs> okay thank you um clark can you please call item number seven
1: uh, yes, item number seven is staff reports. Um, okay, sorry. I like I literally only had like one thing. Um, so I know that um, Chair Colleen has been uh, doing a, a, like immense work on her resolution on combatant uh, fentanyl usage, and so on Thursday I'm actually going to meet with like the drug prevention coordinator from DPH. Um, Their name's Abby. Um, I've been trying to schedule this meeting since, like, December, and <laughs> we finally found a time to chat, but um, during that, like, check-in of just seeing, like, what they are doing, because I'm also really interested in their work, seeing if they can come to the commission and do, like, a presentation on the work that they're doing, um, but other than that, um, I think um, we're good.
0: Awesome. That sounds really great. Thank you. Um. Is there any discussion?
1: Also, too. Um. I know. Uh. Chercolin has sent me like a list of people they want. Uh. For like to come to TJ and do like a quick presentation and stuff. So if any of y'all have any like specific groups, um, just let me know too.
0: Thank you. Um. Is there any public comment?
1: Uh. Chercolin. No one is here for public comment.
0: All right, Um, clerk, can you please call item number
1: eight? Item number eight is announcements.
0: All right, commissioners, um, if there are any announcements or community events you'd like to share, now is the time. (laughs) Staff, do you have any announcements or any community events? Uh,
1: Just a PSA, if y'all do see any events, like tabling opportunities and such, please let us know um since we want to like spread the word um and also yeah recruitment season is happening soon so we also want to let people know about the amazing opportunities that the youth commission has
0: i'm curious on terms about like recruitment will will the staff ask commissioners whether they intend to return next or like apply for the next term yeah just let so we know okay Okay, thank you. Um any other announcements? Okay. Um, Clerk, can you please call item number
1: nine? Um item number nine is adjournment.
0: Thank you. We are adjourned at 628 PM. Have a good afternoon, everyone. You Bye. too. Wait, can you
1: stay on for like one Bye. minute? Yes. Oh, let me let's stop recording.